Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's good to be with you. Today, we are talking about evolving faith, this idea that faith like all of life is evolving. And probably each one of us here on the podcast has, we can identify that in our own lives, ways in which we see that happening, how it kind of moves through as we have experiences, how that changes our thoughts, our beliefs, our emotions, the whole bit. And so we thought we might take some time to invite all of us into that conversation. What is it like to have an evolving faith? What comes up in us as all of that happens? What can we grab onto to help us as we go through all of that? Well, I I like the conversation and where we're headed with this notion of evolving faith, because I think all life is changing and moving and growing. I mean, we just have to look outside or look at the season and we have to look at our own lives. And I think something that comes up for me uh, when, when we talk about evolving faith is this notion of doubt. Some people would say in faith traditions, unbelief. I don't necessarily want to think of unbelief. I just think unbelief casts a negative light on doubt. And I think doubt is, you know, I think doubting, doubting Thomas gets a bad rap, but I think doubt is crucial to an evolving faith and having permission to doubt uh, is key to growing in faith. And one of the things that I find interesting as I've observed doubt, doubting from a place of love is a lot more beneficial and healthy to moving forward or evolving than doubting from a place of criticism or skepticism. I think if we're skeptical, cynical, there's that edge in us, but I think it's easier to grow from a place of love than a place of cynicism or skepticism. And so I think for me, having that permission to doubt, you know, doubt systems, doubt structures, really does that work well? And, and thinking, thinking about it in a, in a way of, if I change this, would it make my relationships more loving? Would it make my experiences uh, with faith a little more meaty and have a little bit more weight to it? So I think that's one thing that comes up for me as we, as, as we talk about an evolving faith. Yeah, I have to say that, you know, I know that this term evolving faith has been around for a while now that, you know, different pockets of Christianity that are maybe in these uh, circles talking about that. And I never really resonated with that concept necessarily or that word terminology, but the more that I'm learning about, you know, again, Chris, to your point of like, you know, if all you have to do is look outside and, and life is always changing. There's a dynamism, there's movement. And it really is an evolution. There's transformation. I, you know, there's different words that we can use for it, but it's the same idea that who I was and what I believed 10 years ago is very different than who I am today. And who I am today is going to also be different than who I will be 10 years from now as well. And that that's a good thing. It, um, there's a quote, um, love must grow or die. And so our love that, you know, what you're describing, Chris, if we're not growing and changing and evolving, then the alternative is to stagnate and to die. So I, I appreciate kind of this dynamism that we're naming today. Yeah. And in so many ways, we we evolve because we must, right? If we look historically at evolution, something needed to change in order to thrive and do better in, in how we were living. And so as we come across new information and new relationships, I think especially in my life, new information, the only 
you know, reasonable thing to do was really to evolve, to change. And it, it comes with its struggles for sure. Um, but it reminds me a little bit uh, when you talk about evolution and faith, it can be helpful to talk about it in the context of the Holy Spirit, right? So like in John chapter 16, 13, we hear when the spirit of truth comes, there's going to be all of this guidance into truth. So kind of like paying attention. And there's this moment way back several, several years, I think even before we had children and somebody was praying over us, <laughs> he was kind of known as like a prophet guy. And he said something, both of our heads, my husband and I, they like snapped forward and this guy's eyes are closed. And he says, Oh, you did not know this. <laughs> so we're like, as new information comes, not just prophetic information, but even things that we're learning and studying in historical context, of course, evolution happens. Yeah. And what comes to mind, you know, kind of to build off of that, Christina, is, you know, there's these profound verses in the Bible too, in Corinthians, where Paul talks about this idea of, you know, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned like a child, but when I grew up, I put those childish things away. And so there's this evolution of even our mindsets, the way in which we approach and think about life. And, you know, of course we see that in our natural progression and the ways in which our brain develops from childhood to adulthood. But even if you look at brain science and the neuroplasticity and the opportunities that we have for our mindsets to change. And so all throughout the, the Bible scripture, you know, we're encouraged to renew our minds and to be transformed and, you know, to um, put away the childish ways and to become more adult-like in our approach to the world. And so there seems to be such a compelling invitation all throughout scripture towards this idea of evolution change evolving. Yeah, it's interesting, like even in this conversation, the whole notion of evolution and faith, even being in the same you know, those two things seem to be opposing one another. Uh, and I think we've moved a lot. I think we've moved forward in looking at evolution as a part of our faith process. But I think some people might have a negative reaction to that, right? Like how, how is evolution and faith, uh, how can they even be in the same sentence with one another? Tehard Chardin was a Jesuit priest uh, who did a, a lot for evolution uh, he, a Jesuit priest who his readings are very dense, complex, and there are people now who are, are modernizing it and making uh, making it accessible for the average person. But one of the things that I found interesting about his writing was the the evolution of our faith journey as it relates to the examine practice. And one of the key components is you know the practice of examine every day and like looking at where God was at, even in the negative moments and becoming thankful and aware. And so I find that to be super helpful as we talk about our evolving faith or our changing life. And so this practice of examine, you, you look at your life and you're like, okay, this moment seems to be without God and Jesuits are, you know, known for saying there is no such thing of life without God. God is in everything. God is everywhere in everything. And so looking at these experiences of our life and saying, you know what, I, I don't know that I, I would say that I'm thankful at first glance for this situation, but as I take a step back from it and I look at the whole picture I actually can become thankful for this situation and I can see how it would be key 
to changing some of my processes in my own life. And so that's, that's something that comes up for me as we talk about evolution and faith. Yes, there's, it's as you're talking, I find myself realizing there's two sides of resistance. One side seems to be this way in which the spirit is leading. So like with that uh, discernment, Ignatian practice, like where is the movement in my life? Like, because resistance sometimes tells us something, right? And then there is this, this difficulty that comes along with change, especially if we like things to feel steady. And in part, like, isn't that the great part about faith is it can feel like there's something steady only now that's changing too and so there is a struggle involved if we have friends and and we have identified with a certain group of people now suddenly having a question mark about whether or not we have those same identities can it can make it feel a little bit like oh how do i tell people even that i'm that I'm thinking these things, I'm having these questions because it's shocking when we change. I mean, I have young children and as they move into adolescence, there is change and it is shocking. I find myself saying like, when did this thought occur? Like, when did you want to make this choice? Why is this happening? You know, it's, it's jarring for everybody that process. And so there are, there's two sides to that resistance coin. There's a positive, like, Ooh, there's movement. And then there's this kind of internal struggle. Yeah, absolutely. I think it feels so compelling. This idea of expansiveness, growth edges more. And also, you know, I think some of my challenges with the idea of evolving faith is you know, there are more questions than answers at that point, right? Like the questions emerge and the types of questions that tend to be emerging in our process aren't ones that can be easily answered, right? Um, and they're ones that we sit with. They're ones that we maybe sit with for years unanswered and, and, and holding space with that. And so I think this idea of having to live in liminal space where I did believe this, that felt so certain and solid to me. And now I'm in this sort of liminal space where I'm not quite sure what I think about that anymore. That can feel a little disorienting. And yet knowing that on the other side of this probably is a little bit more expansiveness or love or connection. And so it's worth it to walk through that, but certainly not without its challenges and difficulties. Yeah, that's been a very important phrase for me lately is living the question. And another thing that that comes to mind is like, we need connection more than we need answers. And so in the place of your question, where are you finding meaning and connection in your relationships? And, and not just your human relationships, but your relationship with the divine. Like, how are you finding connection as you're living the question? So I think that's that's very important as we think about evolving faith. Yeah, even as you say that, it even makes me think especially connection with the divine, because uh, as we ask those questions, it can cause us to really wonder <laughs> what's going on. And, and the slowness of evolution is worth talking about. I think it's, you know, Richard Rohr says we can only question like 5% of what we believe at any given time. And it really takes so much time to ask a question. And, and I marvel about this in myself. I do a lot of uh, work to kind of speak of God in a genderless way and to teach about God and like just a, a larger way. And I am still so aware, frustratingly aware that when I have an image of God, it is male, that something in me likes to revert back to something that is 
familiar and easy, even though my mouth says all these things that seem forward and progressive. <laughs> so like I want it, but it takes a long time to get there. And it takes a lot of pressing in, intentionality, processing with others. But God's gender aside, that connection with God feels more important, right? And even as we talk through the resistance, I think it's worth kind of naming that it's worth it. All of this struggle, it's worth it in the end. And so there's this kind of question of, okay, if it's so worth it, tell me more, I guess. But I think I am finding that as I engage with that, some of those things that were so hard to reconcile within myself, I can breathe a little bit lighter. I don't have the same fears about God that maybe I had at one time. So there is this struggle, but there's also this openness, expansiveness, comfort, as some of these questions that were so big and so large and so bothering find a space to land, at least land for now, <laughs> to be able to say, okay, maybe that wasn't God, right? Maybe that was some idea that I had based on something else. And now that, you know, I'm free to ask the question, this is good. This is a better space. And maybe it would be helpful. And it might've been helpful earlier on in the conversation, but just to like, what does the word evolve even mean? And so if we look at the definition of evolve, it's to develop gradually, especially from a simple to a more complex form. And I think, boy, if we talk about that in faith to develop gradually, especially from a simple to a more complex form, gosh, that does just seem so much more invitational. And I think you're right. Our, our simple faith is something that's beautiful and wonderful. And we all need simple faith in our lives as part of our human experiences. But then to be able to gradually change into that more complexity um, just feels so rich to me to think about. And I think the image that comes to me is when you look at a garden, you have these amazing flowers, but you have, you have weeds too. And I think a lot of people, you know, they're, they become so busy with the plucking of the weeds, but they don't even, they don't even take time to ask, well, what is this weed even here for? Why did it grow here? What's it doing in the environment? What's it, what's it doing in this system? And why do we, why do weeds exist even? And so I think that's a helpful image for me as we as we think about becoming more um, moving from simplicity to more complex asking the questions of why and how and making room for things that you wouldn't make you wouldn't have made room for in a more simplistic faith yeah that reminds me of um, one of my high school history teachers he said you know we are not going to learn about dates and facts we are only going to ask the question of why in this history class and it was a wonder I loved it so none of our quizzes were about you know the war of whatever it was all about the why because he's like we need to be learning from our history and growing um together I don't know that he used the word evolve but you know that that concept of that so I think changing the question from the who what where details to the why and and it might also be worth mentioning as well you know evolving and then faith like what exactly is faith I think certainly it includes a belief system and our our beliefs and credences but it's also um it's movement, it's action, it's it's what I am doing, it's how these paradigms are actually influencing my day-to-day -day life is how I would term that or coin that term as well. So, you know, I think to me, this idea of an evolving faith just feels very compelling. And it feels really important that you're naming that question why, because I, I actually do feel like there were times in my 
uh, spiritual upbringing where people actually said, don't ask why, right? And it was often in, in relationship to why do things happen or whatever. Don't ask why. So I think it's a really important thing to be able to give ourselves permission to ask the why and to go deeper. And, and I really kind of going back for a moment to that notion of, oh, I had this one type of faith earlier in my life and it's moving that, that first Corinthians 13 quote that you were giving. It is so true that over the course of my life, you know, when I was a child, I believed one thing and I came into early adulthood and I found a little bit more and I was like, oh, this is it. And then I moved into kind of the middle phase of life and I found a little bit more and I said, oh, this is it. And I assume that's going to keep happening. It's hard to imagine what that's going to be, but that's kind of the thing. You don't really know what's coming. And so being able to kind of roll with that and have fun with it and be relaxed in it seems helpful a little bit. And I think it's such an important aspect of, of what we're doing and how we're growing. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I think it means so much to each and every one of us. <laughs> we'll probably just continue talking about these things in an ongoing way. Now is the time where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. So what are we into today, friends? Well, I am into the wizard quest. So um, we live about 45, 50 minutes from the Wisconsin Dells, and they just opened up this new thing called the wizard quest, which takes up an entire block of a street. And it is so fun. You go on these quests and there's um, earth, air, wind fire and you have a little tablet and they send you on these quests and and there's like a uv flashlight where you have to find the paw prints of the salmon to see where they are and then you have to go get essence from the trees and we were there for two hours and it was just this delightfully fun afternoon so i am into the wizard quest well one of the things that i've been into lately uh, i think i've talked recently about my my uh, son knowing the time when the sun is setting and telling us about the sunset. But now we're into in the morning, we, we get up and we look at the weather in these different places of the world. And, and now he's into like time zones, like, like Greece is nine hours. There's a nine hour time difference. And France is a seven hour time difference. And so it's really fun to quiz my son on the time zone differences in all these different locations. He just loves holding the Apple remote and saying, what's the weather in Spain? What's the weather in Greece? What's the weather in Panama? You know, all the places where he knows people. And um, so it's been fun learning the temperatures and learning the time zone differences. So that's what I've been into recently. So amazed by this little one. We have children that are similar ages and your little one's interests are always like, wow, that's quite amazing. So I love it. And um, that, that thing that you went on, a quest, what is it called? Say it again. Wizard quest. A wizard quest. How remarkable. I love it. I think I am into something so amazingly mundane, but it brings me great joy. And that is my pink pen. <laughs> so I have 
I don't know even when I got these pens, but there were like, there was like a green one, an orange one, a pink one, but, and most of them can't be seen well, but the pink one shows up pretty well. And I find myself intentionally pulling it out for the kids' assignment notebooks. And when I'm jotting unimportant notes to myself, and it just brings a little bit of extra joy, which makes me think I probably should get more pink pens. So that is what I am into. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us. It was always good to be with you. And if you would like to stay in touch, feel free to go to our website, thecontemplativelife.net. Right from the top, you can subscribe to our newsletter, get in touch with various places that we are on social media, and stay connected on things that are coming up. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm.